Hey, hey, it's Andy Anas here with another episode of Let's Rage Cougs presented by the Saxinian family. For those of you that, that have not heard, Let's Rage Cougs, the uh, unofficial Houston postgame show, uh, in particular in regards to the basketball postgame shows, will be presented by the Saxinian family for the next 30 postgame shows of the season. And what a game it was today in the afternoon, Saturday afternoon, between Houston and Kent State, a scrappy Kent State team that gave Houston all that it could handle and all that it wanted to as the Cougars were able to overcome that uh really tough Kent State team and came out victorious 49 to 44. Marcus Sasser and Jamal Shedd had two key pivotal clutch go-ahead shots towards the final minute. Houston was able to buckle down on defense and they escaped with a victory. But before I toss it over to you, Dayon and Chris, I also want to give a shout out to our other sponsors for this episode of Let's Rage Cougs, starting with Hoop and Holler, the Houston Cougars micro collective. They are the entity behind the Star Pizza commercials, who is also a sponsor for today's Let's Rage Cougs. Star Pizza, Houston's best pizza since 1976. And one of our other sponsors, of course, a big shout out to BB's, the home of Tex Orleans Cooking. BB's, they have multiple locations across the Houston area. And be sure to follow them on social media at BB's Tex Orleans on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And last but not least, also want to give a shout out to the Fritz Kennel. The Fritz Kennel is a family-owned and operated business that specializes in dog and cat boarding, daycare, and bathing. So if you're going out of town, the Fritz Kennels are you guys to take care of your furry friends. On that note, once again, Houston, victorious 49-44 over Kent State. Joining me as always, Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Bar Review, Dayon Dunlap. I'll toss it over to whoever wants to take it first. What were your overall initial thoughts of Houston's victory over Kent State? Well, first, I, and Coach Sampson touched on it, Kent State's defense looked like Houston's defense. I mean, they were aggressive from the guards perimeter. They pressured Houston in the half court, forced them out of their shots. And so, I mean, kudos to Kent State. Matchups, we'll see how great they do the rest of the season. But for today, they gave the Cougs everything they wanted and then some. Cougs find a way to win. That's the bottom line. Yeah, my main takeaway, um, like Chris just said, well, first of how good Kent State was defensively, but not only that, Marcus Sasser is a closer. Um, that that was kind of my biggest takeaway, his ability to close. And although he's struggling from shooting for three, it just kind of just shows his evolution as a basketball player, how he's developing, continuing to evolve, and not so much dependent upon making the three and having the ability to create off the dribble and just make it timely, clutch, clutch shots in big moments. That was that was kind of my biggest takeaway. And and Dan, and you can go and talk about this. 23 turnovers almost doubled the previous season high of 12. Very uncoog like all those things. They still find a way to win. They have to play better. Need more production from a lot of different people. Uh Kent State was a big reason for a lot of the struggles today. But we found out Jamal Shedd had been sick this week. Mo Walker, a long list. Mo Walker was missed the game for he because he was ill. JV Francis was was sick this week. So a lot of different, I think the flu or whatever you want to call it, had gone through the team. But Coach Sanders did not want to take away anything from Kent State's performance. He thought they were the tougher team, but his team found a way to win. And that's the bottom line. 
Absolutely. No, I think that's the story of the game in particular in regards to those turnovers because that's really what kept Kent State in the game. I mean, Houston's defense was phenomenal, especially their half-court defense for much of the night. They held Kent State to 44 points. There were two different stretches. Um, the, the final, well, it was 8 minutes and 30 seconds of the first half. They held Kent State to, to not a single field goal to close out the half and then turn around when they were in the middle of that 15-0 run. They held the Kent State scoreless for over seven minutes of game action, which, I mean, that that was really the difference in the game. Even though when Houston was able to put um, or build that cushion, they got up 39-30 in the middle of that 15-0 run. It seemed like Houston had created separation, and Kelvin talked about it a little bit. He had to make substitutions because their players had gotten tired. And really, it, it was just a – it was a – the freshman struggle, like uh, Calvin Sampson has mentioned throughout in regards to inconsistency performances, uh, in particular, Jarris Walker, he struggled tonight. He had to deal with a, a bit of foul trouble as well, but overall, it didn't seem um, like he was able to get into the flow of the game. A credit to him, he was able, he was back in the game in the final minute. He came up with a big block towards the, the final possessions of Kent State, but overall, those turnovers, because whenever Houston was able to take care of the ball, that was a big a rally point where Kent State struggled to they honestly they just couldn't score on them in a half court set whenever Houston didn't turn the ball over now in transition that was a different story they were doing a good job of attacking Houston uh, on the fast break and getting to the free throw line which uh, I'm looking at the stuff right now Kent State um they well actually only shot eight for them from the free throw line but it seemed like they were able to it seemed like they were the most aggressive team from throughout the night and even Calvin Sampson said it they looked more like a career basketball team than Houston did tonight and Kent State started the game hot. I mean, they, as Coach said, and we'll hear hopefully, you know, in uh, from post game, they started out. They, they punched the Cougs in the mouth. Very few teams do that. It was 12-3 Kent State. I mean, we can talk about it and nitpick and the turnovers, and it was not a typical Cougar performance in terms of points, turnovers, way too many turnovers. But they still found a way to win. They got to play better than this. Clearly. But they got the W. They got to learn from it. A lot of things to learn from, for sure. But they got to win, setting up potentially being the number one ranked team in the poll come Monday, which means nothing in November. Right, right. But the main thing is the main thing, and that's getting the win. And we've talked about it on this show, finding different ways to win. We've seen different players have big games, but what this shows that you can lean on the backbone of the culture as in that defense and that relentlessness to continue to compete, whether it's not going your way, continue to fight, continue to scrap and claw and get to um, – get their way back into the game. And so uh, this was a great win for me. I mean, a lot of people look at team names and feel like, oh, you should beat them by X amount of points. No, this is college basketball. And even in the NBA on a game-to-game basis, the worst team or any level for that matter. doesn't game Basketball is a game of um, rhythm and makes. And Houston wasn't in a good rhythm from throughout this most of the game. I think one of the turning points – for me also was the three that Tremont Mark made. And when he made that first three, I found my memory serves me right. Um, Marcus came down, made another three. And it yeah. felt like Houston kind of got into a rhythm and started playing with to a rhythm. And that kind of fed into the defense. And that's when they were um, making Kent State go on that long drop from scoring. And so um, I was very impressed with this win and the grit and the fight. And like I said, um, Marcus' ability to close and also Jamal Shea's ability to close as well because he had a key floater as well that came in that um, gave Houston, uh, I believe, a two-possession lead at, at the time. And so I, I was just just very impressed with 
the way that they won the game. I mean, Coach Sampson always said it's hard to win a game, and he never overstates how it tough it is from a game-to-game basis. And Kansas State, I mean, they really, really competed, and they really played the same defensive style like Houston. And, like, I'm sure um, we'll get the clip that I saw Andy's tweet, and he said Coach Sampson said they look more like Houston than Houston did. And, Chris, you just mentioned that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And in regards um, to specifically that that game that they needed, something that, that Kelvin um, and Marcus Sasso said, especially just the way it played out, this is the first time all season long where they've had to execute in the clutch. And like you said, Dayon, Jamal Shedd and, and Marcus Sasser came up big for Houston in that department. They both hit two big go-ahead shots. But just overall, something that Kelvin Sampson reiterated during his post-game availability was, you know, it, it – it, Obviously, like Dan, like you said, from Kent State, the name, the perspective, it was an ugly game just from an offensive standpoint. But still, the, the most important thing is that Houston figure out a way uh, to come out victorious and win. Now, uh, when you look at really one of the other key figures in this game, it was the rebounding battle because Houston did a really good job of getting a whole bunch of different uh, opportunities and being able to close out um, possessions on defense as well. They out-rebounded Kent State by 23, 56. They had 56 rebounds. Kent State only had 33, and that's something that Calvin Sampson said, even though the shots weren't falling. They just found a way to win, and that's what good teams do. do. And that Chris, we're going to see it in the clip in a second, but it was one where, where Calvin was looking at the stat sheet and he was looking at the offensive numbers, and he went, ooh, ah, ouch. Uh, but then he pointed out, you know, there's not a lot of teams in the country that will be able to come out with a victory when just shooting 32 percent uh from the field and turning the ball over 23 times two for 17 from three they missed eight free throws 23 turnovers and they still found a way to win so and at some point they're going to lose this season they were not going undefeated i'll be shocked amazed if that happens but right now they're finding ways to win they're learning while they're doing it jess walker seen this out of it today he passed up a few shots down the stretch some turnovers everybody had turnovers today we if he would have played in uniform we might have picked a turnover i mean every coup that played seemed like they had a turnover so four three four two two it was just one of those weird games and part of that is for kent state credit them for the defense coups were out of rhythm the guys being sick kind of disrupted the flow of practice this week that was a factor not the only factor but 49 44 we don't get beauty p- points for wins. All you care about is W's and L's. <laughs> That's what. Who's got to win? That's it. And real quickly, before we hear from Kelvin Sampson, we do have to give shout out to our sponsor, Roe. But first, once again, you are watching or listening wherever, however you may be listening or watching, whether it's live on YouTube. For those of you watching, thank you guys for tuning in and we will be back. It'll be a back to back. Let's Rage Coups, the first ever uh, double header with Let's Rage Coups shortly after we finish up here. Uh, after recapping everything that happened between Houston and Kent State, I'm going to head over to TDCU Stadium. And Chris, you should you should join me for the walk across um, towards the stadium. Chris is not sold. The Rockets have a play. He's got a Rockets game to catch. I'm, yeah, but I'm going to Rockets OKC, once, yep. Once again, it is Let's Rage Coops presented by the Saxinian family for the next 30 postgame shows regarding the Houston basketball team, the unofficial Houston postgame show. And a big shout out to our guys at the Fritz Kennel, who, once again, they are family owned and operated business that specialize in dog and cat boarding, daycare and baths. The Fritz 
kennel. And if you are going out of town, you need uh, somewhere to leave your fur friends, be sure to check out our guys at the Fritz Kennel. Big shout out to BB's. BB's is the home of Tex Orleans Cookings. BB's have multiple locations across the Houston area. And be sure to check them out on social media at BB's Tex Orleans. That's BB's Tex Orleans on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And not last but not least, our big shout out to Hoop and Holler, the Houston Micro Collective. They are the entities behind the commercials you see with Sacav, Star Pizza with the Anthony Jones and all of them. And on the topic of Star Pizza, they are our fourth and final sponsor. Star Pizza, Houston's best pizza since 1976. And on that note, I'll toss it over to Calvin Sampson postgame. Here's what he had to say in regards to Houston's 49-44 to victory over Kent State. That's the first time, time uh, all year somebody's punched us in the mouth. Uh, you know, we're used to punching other people in the mouth around here. But um, I take punches in the mouth. Um, coming into the day, I think we're averaging uh, nine turnovers a game or less. I, I, I can't, I don't know exactly. You guys, I'm sure we'll look it up. But uh, uh, 23 turnovers. Um, I was just impressed with Kent State's toughness. I mean, this could be an NCAA tournament team, probably a 14 seed, 15 seed. Um, you know, our our, our big guys. Are, <laughs> you know, of course, when you make open shots, you make your free throws, you make your bunnies around there. The game looks different, obviously. But you know what? That's too simplistic. That takes that takes away from what Kent State did to us, you know. And and, and, and I'm going to address that too. Um, you know, they they look more like a Cougar basketball team than we did, and that's a credit to uh, Rob and his staff. Uh, they did a much better job getting their team ready. They did a much better job getting their team prepared uh, than we did. So. Uh, coaching staff has to take responsibility. We're going to do a better job um, getting our guys. But uh, this program's never not going to be uh, a toughness program. Uh, and there was a really, really tough team on that floor today. But it, it just happened to be uh, Coach Sendros team. Uh, but I was proud of the win. I'm throwing it away, mind you. You know, you guys can do whatever narrative you want. You know, a month from now, it is, it's going to count as a win. And I'm proud of the way we kept fighting. I mean, we out-rebounded that team by 23. Soft teams don't do that. We play tough, too. They just, they were just a little, uh, their, their defense kept pushing us out. You know, and, and one of the things I noticed, too, uh, is when our freshmen on the floor, we run a play, but we don't know how to execute it yet. Um, so early in the season, every coach uh, uh, in every program in the month of November, you're looking for things to uh, crack down on, tighten up, uh, so when you get to January and February, you can be better. So I'm not going to overreact to this uh, game. Uh, I was disappointed in the way we started, uh, you know, um, but all hats off to uh, Coach Sindroth, uh, Jim Christian. Um, uh, Jim used to be the head coach at Kent State, Boston College, been around TCU. 
Nancy's sister over there. They, they, uh, Rob did it. They, they did an awesome job. They, they did a great job scouting us. Um, and their kids got after us. And they're tough. They're good. You know, and that team won at Northern Kentucky by 20. Uh, last game they played, uh, I think, called Charleston. He beat Virginia Tech uh, for the championship of their tournament. They shot 24 free throws, and Kent State shot four. And they lost to the buzzer. So, uh, not rationalizing anything, just I don't know if any of you guys follow Kent State like we do, like the opponents we play. Um, when we play an opponent, we, we have an idea how good they are. Uh, and I was really impressed with Kent State. Um, but I was also happy with the way our kids uh, fought and, and hung in there. It's not easy to play good when your ball's not going in. You know, so for, this is, it's an easy game when that ball's going in. You know, we, uh, uh, other than, uh, ooh, ouch. <laughs> Two for 17 from the three. Uh, countless free throws, shoot 32%. Um, but you know what? There's not a lot of teams who can shoot 32% and win. And we did that against Oregon State uh, to go to the Final Four because we have one thing that we're consistently good at year in and year out, and that's rebounding. And that's a big part of the game. You know, a lot of teams, if they can't make shots, have no chance of winning. You know, uh, we're gonna have a lot of nights where the ball goes in. Next time we play, we look great offensively. But I'm glad our guys know that on nights we don't make shots, we still know how to win. And uh, a lot of that has to do with our culture and how we prepare. So once again, that was Houston head coach Calvin Sampson talking post-game following Houston's 49-44 victory. And there you heard uh, Calvin touch on it towards the end right there, finding a way to win, in particular in regards to rebounding. That showed that the team itself, it showed its toughness in, in terms of not necessarily just letting after a, a shooting performance essentially kind of dictate that not being able to figure out a way to win. They were able to, to claw it out, and to their credit, despite the multiple runs that Kent State did, which – you heard it throughout. He gave major props uh, to Kent State and really how scrappy they were. But finding a way to win, at the end of the day, that's what matters. And that's where Houston was able to do. And now here they are sitting at 6-0 and with a chance at being ranked uh, number one in the country. And to add to another example of Kent State looking like the Cougars, they even doubled the post like the Cougars did. Sometimes they went monster. Yeah, I, I noticed that. I So noticed I was that. like, this is really interesting. And you can tell Coach Zinderoff has worked with Coach Sampson before, <laughs> mm -hmm. so previous staffs. But so the low post options weren't there a lot. Juan Roberts took advantage of it a little bit to get some of his points. He was one of the few coups to shoot 50% or better from the floor. Jarris Walker, he didn't have it today. I mean, he was out of rhythm. He passed up shots, passed up open looks. Jamal Mark did as well. So there's a lot of things to fix and, and tweak on the offense. But they're going to learn from it, learn from a win to do that. So just keep it moving. Get ready for the game on Tuesday. Yeah, and this game kind of reminded me of games of last year when Houston wouldn't shoot the ball well, um, but they would still get the win. Probably in a few games last year where Houston didn't shoot the ball well, particularly after the injuries took place. There, there were a lot of times where Houston didn't shoot well, particularly Kyler, because we were so much depending on him making shots 
because he was not our only shooter, but one of our best shooters last year. And so uh, that performance, um, though, but we've seen, I've seen this performance last year, but I've seen Houston win this type of game. And like Coach Sampson said, man, just knowing how to win when your shots aren't falling, that's what makes up a good team. That's what good teams do, in-game adjustments and realize that, okay, maybe it's not our – we're not having our best offensive game, but you can do the tangible things, the culture things, what Coach Sampson says that still win and still – well, still win and still can dictate a game like they did with rebounding. And you can see when Houston – it's probably the same size as the team. They're going to out-hustle and they're going to out-rebound the team versus their last game when they were outside going against two seven-footers and um, they got out-rebounding. And so I, I think um, – I mean, no need to panic for me. This is a, a, a really good win against a, a good team who really fought and clawed and came out with a sense of urgency to start the game. And I think also we got to attribute it to the ranking being a part of that. Every week, every game with Houston being high-ranked, potentially moving up to number one, they're going to get every team's best game on a week-to-week basis. Every team is going to be looking to knock them off. It's going to be, be the biggest game on their schedule, most likely. And so great team win. Um, a lot of things that we could pick pick fun at, but the main thing was just getting the win. And and it's like you were in the in the uh, post game, Dion, because Coach Sampson said that he was asked about that. This team is going to get everybody's best shot, everybody's best shot, not just because they're Houston anymore, because they're now number two and could be number one as of next as of Monday. So this team, these these young guys have not dealt with that that pressure, and I'm sure that friends, maybe even some family, said to them yesterday, "You guys know if y'all win tonight, win today." Y'all be number one on Monday. You realize that? So that pressure built up to them as well. They're human. So I'm sure they heard that from friends, phone calls, tweets, whatever, IG, whatever. So they came out flat. Kent State took it to them early. So kudos to Kent State for getting that done and challenging the Cougars to go deep into find a way to win. And that's the Cougs did. It wasn't great. But, hey, I don't care about how you look. Did you win or lose? That's the bottom line. And also, before um, you, you go in, and I think Reggie had some great minutes. Reggie did some really good things with his energy, his toughness. And um, I, I think the, this year is kind of reminiscent of other years where we don't really have a low post just score, per se. We have people who can score in the low post. But I wouldn't say, like, Josh Carson is a low post score. Mm-hmm. Fabian is a low post score. And we don't really have that. I think Jay Wan can score in the post. Jarvis can score in the post. And, um, and so uh, – that's going to be a challenge on a game-to-game basis. But like Coach Sampson just said, making the bunnies, making the close-range shots, that's going to be vital when you're not making shots from the outside. But Marcus Sasser, man, um, I can't talk about him enough. I mean, his ability to close, his ability to finish, his ability to hunt shots on the moment the, the team go to him. It's just it's, it really takes a lot to step up in those situations. And it was good for me to see him doing that early because I, I have full confidence that when we get down to February and March and April that he's going to just continue to make those plays. 
Dayon, you read my mind because I was going to transition exactly to Reggie Cheney and the Bigs. But before we do that, once again, a reminder that you are watching slash listening to Let's Rage Coops presented by the Saxinian family. Also, shout out to our sponsors, Hoop and Holler, the Houston Micro Collective, the entity behind the name, image, and likeness commercials with the University of Houston, Star Pizza. They are behind the commercials for Star Pizza, who is uh, one of our other sponsors for today's episode of Let's Rage Coops presented by the Saxinian family, Star Pizza, Houston. Houston's best pizza since 1976. Also, big shout out to BB's, the home of Tex Orleans Cooking. BB's, be sure to follow them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at BB's Tex Orleans. That's at BB's Tex Orleans on social media. And a shout out to the Fritz Kennel, the family owned and operated business that specializes in dog and cat boarding, daycare, and bathing but on that note i wanted to put this comment from sean who he said he joined late but he wanted our thoughts on jaywan roberts on jaywan roberts and jairus walker combo and the reason i wanted to put this there he says he wants to see more of jva francis but i feel like reggie cheney he was a he was a big spark into this game in particular um in regards to one of the things that, that walker really struggled in was that rebounding category because you could see kelvin sampson he, he was frustrated a lot of times especially when it came to long rebounds some jairus just couldn't track down and um stop, right before houston stop, stop 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 right there you said couldn't i'm going to challenge him and say he didn't track down he's not yeah. going to a lot of balls he had balls bounce off his hands like he just couldn't grip the ball and hold it today that's one thing he's he's got to he's, he's a freshman he's got to adapt and adjust and accept the cougar culture and toughness and rebounding and dive on the floor all those little things he's got to do to match his natural ability once he does that, he'll be a much more complete and consistent player. Absolutely, especially when it came to those long rebounds. But right before Houston went on that 15-0 run, I think that was one of the key things where you know Samson was clearly frustrated. He put in Reggie Cheney, and Cheney not only provided stability in terms of being able to, to get rebounds, that's when Houston um, really shut things down against Kent State. But, I mean, he came up big. I know he had I, – I believe he was the one that had the go-ahead slam um, that, that put Houston up 32-30. And then on the following possession, he ended up coming away with a steal, which led to a Marcus Sasser fast-break layup. So he was a big uh, positive impact player. And then that makes it more impressive because, frankly, he was dealing with that bug that has been going around the entire Houston uh, locker room heading into the game. So it just made his, his performance much more impressive. And that's one of the reasons why, really, he's kind of the, the veteran anchor uh, among that front court group. Um, when you mentioned Jairus Walker, Jawan Roberts, they're both first walkers, barely now the six games into his collegiate career. Jawan Roberts, this is barely his sixth game being able as that full-time starter. So it's still an adjustment period for them. And JVA Frank. Francis, he's still um, learning as well. This is the first time he's gotten consistent minutes uh, here with the University of Houston. Yeah, that, that play that you're referring to probably was one of the most impressive plays for me when um, Reggie got the steal on one of their best players and when it led to Marcus Sasser um, layup. But, man, Reggie, he's taken on the road that J1 had last year, coming off the bench, being that tough player, bringing that toughness. And the difference between him and JVA is experience. And you can tell. It shows. I mean, JVA has all the skills. But when Reggie goes in, the experience that he has, he knows what the team needs in moments and, and how to execute it. And um, I just love every. He had a great game. He really, really had a great game. Of course, I mean, I'm sure Coach Simpson can nitpick and say he could have did more as far as rebounding and stuff like that. But just coming off the bench, bringing that energy and toughness and making plays because basketball, it's a game of runs and it's a game of rhythm. 
Um, Kent State went on a run to start the game. Houston fall back, fall back, went on a run to get back in it, went on a run in the second half. Kent State went on a run in the second half, and then Houston just ended up pulling away. But, man, this team, I really like what I see. I think that's on a game-to-game basis. I think as Jarris just continues to – to um, develop, continues to get more experience, more experience. He'll pick and choose his spots even more. I would like to see a, a conscious effort to get him the ball in an isolation situation to where he can he can be more aggressive. Because oftentimes um, he catches it in, in different ways where he, he has the ability or a chance to make a play or make a shot. But I want to see a, a more of a conscious effort at times for him to get that isolated situation for him to to get a shot to to make a play and whether he makes it or not, but just to get the ball in his hands for him to kind of catch or get a rhythm. And, and to your point, he was so out of sorts today. He got a look down the stretch mid post and he started to reverse dribble. If he finished his move, he had a layup or a dunk baseline. He stopped and passed it out because he just, I don't know if he just didn't have a confidence in himself or whatever to finish the play or whatever, but yes, he needs to get some touches in the post, mid post, et cetera, and just accept your natural instincts. Let them take over and finish at the rim. Don't pass it up. He was, he was passive today. We know he's a good passer, but sometimes get your shot too, man. It's okay. You know, you're a good player as well. So he was trying to be too passive sometimes down the stretch. He'll learn from it. He'll, he'll bounce back. But learning while you win is a good thing. It's a great thing. Yeah, he's not aggressive enough. Mm-hmm. Not aggressive enough in, in times. Which is weird. When he, has because- it going, when he has it going, he's aggressive. So I guess that's a credit to him. But, yeah, no, I agree 100%. Yep. Well, on that note, once again, I'd like to remind everyone that they are watching or listening to Let's Rage Goots presented by the Saxinian family. And I'm going to toss it over here with Marcus Sasser, Jamal Shedd, and Kelvin Sampson. He actually talked about potentially being ranked number one, which, Chris, I don't know about you. That surprised me, the answer he gave me here, what Kelvin Sampson had to say. And it was was a a great answer, and I was very surprised that he he gave a lengthy, detailed answer about it. Yeah. I have to call him no help and just uh, force the opponent to make tough shots and just um, keep shooting when I'm open and – Given a chance by Bigs to rebound, you know, I think they did a great job doing that. Before your uh, layup there at the end, mm-hmm. kind of a defense, but uh, Carey slipped and it looked like he slipped, and you guys stole mm-hmm. the ball from there. Yeah. It was you know that moment, that right. play to to yeah, make us some breathing room. Um, I feel like that was just one of the winning, like I said, trying to make a winning play um, down in the, down to the wire. Um, couldn't really do it on offense, so like I said, try to impact the game in another way. So trying to get that stop, and I feel like that's what we did. Kind of Marcus building off that, that late game situation, how do you feel that you and Jamal, just overall the team, were able to execute down the stretch in the last minute? I mean, you guys were down, and you guys not only scored, but got a couple of the defensive stops as well. I feel like we needed that, um, just having this moment early, mm-hmm. um, it just give us confidence for, you know, um, games later on down the road, and. Just taking care of the ball, taking care of the ball and the um, clutch. And like I said, I, I feel like we needed needed that so we have experience under our belt going into more games when we have close games at the end, knowing how to close it out. Chris Jamal, what are your thoughts on K State's defense? Uh, they swarmed. You know, we've never turned the ball over like this this year. And I think it was a great learning curve for us. You know, especially me. I had four turnovers today in about the first five minutes. Can't do that again. So just just a learning curve. 
Kelvin, you, um, <clears throat> you mentioned about when you have the ranking of the number two or people, people are going to get up, they, they're going to want to beat you. Um, is there a little bit difference when two versus if you're a, if you're a one? I don't know. I've never been a one. <laughs> I don't know. You know um, I, I guess I'm used to being ranked. You know, we've, you know, uh, ranked, I think we're, I don't know, I don't remember. We made NCAA tournament, lost a double up, uh, overtime game to Boston College when I was at Washington State. We're ranked all 12 years at uh, Oklahoma. Uh, Indiana, I'm sure we're ranked. Um, we've been ranked five or six straight years here. Um, so we're used to having a high level of success. But you know, I, I don't know that we change other than you change. You know, you guys are going to change. Because you, know, you have to. You have to ask those questions. You wouldn't be doing your job if you didn't. You know, you, everybody gets ranked number two, number one. When you rank 20th and 21st, you don't get asked those questions. You know, it's like, you know, uh, if you're from somewhere and you go home and people say, wow, you've changed. Not really. They've changed. They don't realize it. So uh, because of the questions we're going to get asked, we have no choice but to embrace it. And you should. It's a great accomplishment. Don't run from it. You know, it's not like we um, uh, uh, went online and applied for it and waited for a response back and found, hey, guess what, fellas? We got accepted to uh, law school, uh, i.e. we were ranked number two or whatever. Uh, no, no, we, we've been working uh, for this. Uh, but it's, it's, remember, it's a rental. You don't own it. It's, we're just renting it. From the, because somebody else is going to be number one. You know, North Carolina, uh, it took, look what that kid did yesterday. He had to make, um, uh, I mean, he made ten, 10 threes. That's what it took. Somebody make 10 threes, we can lose two. So, um, you know, but I'm, I'm proud of our program for where, for where we've, um, a lot of a lot of you guys in here weren't here in 2014-15, so you don't really know where we came from. Reading about something is a lot different than experiencing it. You know, um, a lot of you guys were, but uh, I just remember where we were in 14-15, and 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 to be sitting here uh, with, with an opportunity, whether we are or not after today, who knows? I don't know. Uh, obviously. I'm proud of, um, happy for all the guys that came before us. You know, there's a lot of programs out there. That North Carolina's been number one more times than I've been alive. So it's no big deal to them, but it should be a big deal to us, to everybody here. It should be. Once again, that was head coach Kelvin Sampson and, and Chris Adeon. Uh I mean, we'll start with, with that headliner that he kind of walked it off with just in terms of it, it should mean a lot to the program that we we're talking about it is it, an interesting tidbit where he mentioned he had never been ranked number one before um even going back to the days uh with his oklahoma teams that's something that uh, to me it shows how rare it is to potentially be the number one team in the country which it's barely november um and for all you know it's not guaranteed uh but just to, to be in that conversation it, it shows like he said from where the program was when he took it over to where it is now, a night and day difference. And Chris, you always tell tell us this just in regards to the golden age, the golden days we're in right now. No question, man. I mean, I, w I was here. I mean, I've covered the Cougs 30 years. 
So I've seen a lot of a lot of dark days. But the first couple of years Coach Sampson took over, you could not have convinced me or anybody in the building watching the program, watching the team, that the Cougs would be seven, eight years later, potentially ranked number one in the country. So from that standpoint, it is a major accomplishment and a salute to him and the staff and the players. Y'all know it. I'm, I'm not going to pour too much cold water on it, but it's nice to be ranked number one, November 28th, 29th, whatever. Dayan, Andy, Apollo, Raymond, Joe, Sammy. As an old, old alum, I just want the final ranking of the season to come out in the Cougs number one vent. It'll mean that much more. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Andy talked about this a little bit on our last podcast, and I think the ranking right now during this time is more prideful for alums like us. Like, we can go and talk to other people who went to other schools and be like, yeah, well, we're number one. And so <laughs> it, it feels good like that, and it is big, like Coach Sampson said. And so I'm going to be very prideful when officially – when we get that ranking, I'm speaking to existing. And like he said, that was really good. How it was funny. He's like, we didn't apply for this. Yeah. <laughs> so that was that was that was Coach Sampson classic right there. And it was earned. And so, man, I'm gonna be very, very prideful. I'm gonna talk about trash to other people, whoever want it, they can get it. <laughs> and so, man, I, I, it is big and it means a lot for sure, man. And and let me say this. I remember it because the last time it ranked probably I think the tweet was out. Um, the last one for the season was March 14th, my birthday, 1983, I think. But during that season, they were ranked number one, and my dad bought me some, bought me two shirts, Five Sigma Gemma number one and Cougar Ring number one. I still have those shirts. So they go mm-hmm. on, if, if, and I hope Houston Athletics puts on sale some number one shirts yeah. next week. I'm going to buy one and put it right next to the ones I had 40 years ago. So I'm looking forward to that because it is a hell of an accomplishment. Absolutely. And the comment by King Jaja is something that Calvin Sampson alluded to. Number one for North Carolina, it always seems like they've been the number one. They're always near the top. Houston should be proud because we're not a blue blood. Like how he added the yet at the end of his comment there. And, and the yet is good, but I mean, this mm-hmm. program is blue collar. I remember Justin Gorin telling, telling us that we're blue collar, not blue blood. So mm-hmm. do we want to be blue blood? Or just be blue collar. I think you, Kelvin, kind of said it himself in that comedy. Said one of the the identity pieces for each team is going to be that rebounding. It's part of their culture, and rebounding goes with part of that that blue collar mentality. And that's something that I mean, Kelvin Thompson himself said it a few days ago. Where really, that's that's what they have to instill on a lot of these players that toughness, not not letting other teams really. Um, when you look at teams in the past, that's something that. Kelvin, even at the top, he said there's not a lot of teams that come in here and, and punch them first. It's something that Houston has done in the past. So it's going to be as the program, as the success continues to go forward, it's going to be interesting to see how they respond. Because like King Jaja mentioned as well, that now they're going to have if they're number two. Obviously, they already had a big target. Number one, there's going to be a target night in and night out. And not only from whoever their opponent is, but national media, there's going to be people watching the moment they're down in the second half. There's going to be millions of tweets. Oh, Houston's on upset alert. So it's going to be interesting to see how they bounce on or how they react to that. And again, it's still not um, signed in stone yet. And I like that quote from Kelvin said, even if they are number one, it's not, they don't own it. It's rented because you know, 
they're going to be gunning for it at the end of the day. It doesn't become uh, permanent until, like you said, Chris, that final poll at the end of the season. One of the final things before we start wrapping things up, uh, going back to Marcus Sasser and what he said about that late-game execution, he said he felt that they needed it, something that they can go back on um, as the season progresses and, and really learn from this and, and gain that experience. Dan, I'll, I'll toss it over to you first. How do you feel, I think, how do you feel Houston responded just in terms of that late minute and being able to execute, especially led by Jamal Shedd and Sasser? It seemed like they, they did a good job of being able to lead Houston to the finish line in this game. I, I think it just is something that can carry over. I, I think it it, it bodes um, well for the confidence of the team to know that we have our top two guards who are going to lead us and execute when the game gets tight. And so, I think it's a it's a huge learning moment as well for the the younger guards because it could be times where they could be on the court in those moments and you can have your teammates be like, look, this is what you can do, and they can give advice and and help kind of coach them in those moments. So I, I think it's huge to have your top two guards execute and come up big in your first close game of the year, and then going forward they can just help continue to. Um, uh, lead the team, but he'll kind of teach the team in those moments, this is what we need to do. This is what I saw when they break it down for him and things like that. So I think it's definitely huge, especially for, for Marcus Saxon. I mean, I'm very, very impressed because if you look at the last NCAA championship teams, all of those had were guard-driven teams. Like college basketball in the tournament, you got to have guards that can get busy and carry you to the promised land. And, and one thing Coach Sampson mentioned, that the freshmen right now, they're still – they're not reacting. They're trying to figure out, okay, coach call a play. What am I supposed to do? So they're not executing when they're on the floor. So that's going to come with experience and getting more comfortable in the system as the season progresses. But until then, you got vets like Marcus Sasser and Jamal Shedd to carry the, carry the load and help them execute and get a bucket when, when needed. One of the final things first, King Jaja, he said, I got an ESPN update in the second half about the Cougs on upset alert. That's going to be, that's the rest of the way for the season. I did want to bring up a comment by Kickface. How the stadium did the World Cup affect attendance? Well, as, and I'll give my two cents, and then Chris, you can follow up, because as it always is, it was a late arriving crowd. I thought it was going to be dismal. Um, even the student section that was on the floor, that part of the student section, it wasn't as uh, crowded. But I think as the game progressed, it certainly filled out a lot more. And I mean, I felt like the crowd was great when they needed to be, especially when Houston starting to get um, runs and, and make their ultimate run to be able to close out and win the game this was a certainly uh and i'm curious to get your thoughts from, from my perspective this was certainly the best atmosphere the whole season so far atmosphere was good i mean i think houstonians are late arriving fans you know i mean that's part of the traffic in the area in the neighborhood and distance folks travel you know live not many fans live near university of houston that's part of it as well also part of it is it was kent state and down, Andy, you know, I harp on it. There's still too many fans that do not come see the Cougs play. With a chance mm. to be number one, this place could have been packed before tip-off. But it wasn't because it was Kent State. We got to do better with that, okay? So that's, that's I'm going to keep harping on that. And parking is still a, there's, there are areas that need to be improved. Parking issues, still an issue. Traffic is getting better. Construction is getting better around the, the stadium and the, the arena. 
But I mean, we got to plan for that too. If you know you're going to have a problem with parking, get earlier. <laughs> you know, deal with it earlier. I mean, what else can you say about it? Get here earlier and try to get here because once conference play starts, now we've had that many great teams, name wise, to come in. But you're coming to see one of the best teams in the country. So come see them, get her early, be loud, and stay loud for the game. Not only that, probably potentially the number one team in the country. Yes. That, that, right, that, that right there should be enough incentive for fans to get here early to the games. Absolutely. And as we wrap things up, once again, you're watching and listening to Let's Rage Cougs presented by the Saxonian family. Big shout out to Hoop and Holler, the Houston Cougars Micro Collective, Star Pizza, BBs, and the Fritz Kennel for being a sponsor on today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs. Reminder that we will be back in approximately five hours for the post-game conclusion of Houston uh, football and their final regular season game of the season against Tulsa. And they will look to close out senior night on a positive note. Houston will be looking to finish the season, the regular season, eight and four. Uh, but on that note, final thoughts, I'll go across the uh, panel. Uh, Chris, I'll go with you first. What were your final takeaways from this game? And what can you expect? Houston returns uh, to action on Tuesday, 7 p.m. inside the Fertitta Center against North Fork State. Just simple message. I, I, I ran into Jamal Shader was coming down to the court for the show. And just said, and he said it too, a win is a win. <laughs> that's it. Yep, and that's the takeaway for me. Um, it's, it wasn't cute, but it, it's a dub. It counts in the win column. Like Coach Sampson said, when you, you think months down the line, you're not going to look back, oh, well, you only won by X amount of points. A win is a win, and it's a good experience to get this experience early in the year on what it takes to win a close game. I mean, that's you can't understate on what that means because another blowout, how really much does that really help Houston? So I'm glad that they were challenged in the way that they were challenged and didn't play their best game, but still came out victorious. And that's the beauty of college basketball. Any given day, any given outing, no matter who the opponent is, that's that's what makes March Madness one of the most exciting tournaments because there's always uh, that Cinderella story. You never know who's going to come in here and beat you on a given night. Once again, the final score, number two, Houston survives Kent State. They defeat uh, Kent State 49-44. to The leading scorer for Houston was Marcus Sasser. He had 19 points on 5 of 16 shooting, 1 for 10 from Three from the three-point line, it was eight for eight on free throws, including a couple of clutch free throws down the stretch, uh, multiple clutch free throws down the stretch for Houston. Jawan Roberts, he had a double-double with 11 points and 14 rebounds. Once again, Houston returns to action Tuesday, this coming Tuesday at 7 p.m. against Norfolk State. Once again, this has been Let's Rage Cougs presented by the Saxonian family. We'll be back in a few hours for Let's Rage Cougs, the final regular season game of uh the final regular season football game uh, for the Houston Cougars football team. Once again, Let's Rage Cougs presented by the Saxonian family. Thank you guys for all of you that joined us, and we will see you next time. Go Cougs.